Gaming provides a rich culture that creates a sense of community as well as entertainment. I'm Allison Stewart, the host of the first episode of The Culture of... In the next three episodes, my co-hosts Camille and Minky and I will take a look at the culture of various college activities. In this episode, we focus on the culture of electronic gaming and the people who really love doing it. We want to focus on them. We will also be discussing the difference between gaming in the United States versus in South Korea. First up, Camille speaks with student Austin Eames about his experience with gaming in America. I like to play sports games. So I play a game called, I played, I, I don't play this much anymore, but a game called Madden, a game called NBA 2K, um, MLB The Show, and FIFA. What devices do you play your games on? I usually play on an Xbox One because that's what my friends play on. Why do you play games? Um, pretty much because friends in high school, that's what all my friends did, so that's what I did too. And it's a lot of fun playing video games with your buddies. How did you get into it? Um, when I was young, really young, my dad had a PlayStation, and I would always play racing games with him growing up. There's a lot of racing games that... I would play with him, so that's kind of how I got into it. And then I grew up playing video games um, after school, and it was always a fun thing to do. And then, yeah, in high school, I started playing with one of my, my friends. What is the gaming culture like in the United States compared to other countries that you know of? That I know of. Um, I think video games are really popular in the U.S. Um, I feel like pretty much everybody I knew in high school played them. Um, something or another, uh, or another, I think there's one for everybody, whether it be sports or like shooter games or racing games or anything like that. But I think one drawback of the gaming community in America specifically is it can be a little bit toxic. I think people can take games too seriously sometimes. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, people really like being the best when they play a video game and they don't like getting beat, kind of like in a lot of things in life, people want to be the best, but in video games, you're not next to the person, you're behind a screen, could be a thousand miles away, so it's easy to kind of um, smack talk people and, and just be a jerk. What is the competitive game environment like? Yeah, probably really competitive, I don't know, I think it's, it's surprising to some people that people play video games at such a high level. I am not familiar too much with esports, but um, when I played video games in high school, I obviously would try my best to be the best. And yeah, people take it really seriously. They play, they put a lot of hours in. Um, I never did this, thank God. But I remember when that, that big game Fortnite came out, there was a whole thing about parents buying their kids like trainers like hiring people to train their kids. So then what are your thoughts on like people who do it for a living and get paid I think to it's, game? I think it's really cool. Um, friend of mine from high school actually got a scholarship from San Diego State University to play a video game called Rocket League. And at the time I thought that was the craziest thing, but 
it's becoming more and more popular. I think uh, for me, there still is a distinction between esports athletes and normal athletes. Um, but what they do, I don't know. It's it's pretty insane. I think if a normal person tried to do it, um, they'd have a really hard time. So that they are skilled in their craft, mm -hmm. and I think yeah, they they entertain. People watch, so they should get paid. What is your knowledge of the gaming culture in South Korea, if you have any? Uh, very minimal. I I know games, games like League of Legends. Um, I think CS:GO, stuff like that, is really popular there. I know the, a lot of esports athletes do come from South Korea to America. And there's a lot of South Korean teams that are good, so I don't know much, but I know they're, as far as esports go, they're pretty good. How has the pandemic affected the culture, generally? Mm. Um, I remember back when the pandemic first started, I thought it was the most awesome thing ever because I got to go home and play video games with my friends all day. Um, I thought it was just going to be a two-week break like everybody else, and uh, I remember those two weeks after COVID happened were really cool because like pretty much every one of my friends that liked video games was online and we all played together and we got to play all day. So that part was fun, but I think that has worn off. Um, I don't know about esports. I, I assume their events and stuff got canceled just like everybody else's, but I think video games, uh, unlike a lot of other things, didn't get too affected by the pandemic you can do you do most of them from your home how has the pandemic affected you and your hobby of gaming mm. I think um, after I played a lot of video games at the start of the pandemic and in high school I, I kind of dwindled off as ever since I got to college I think yeah video games playing them so much at the start of the pandemic they just kind of got old and I grew out of them um, I don't play them much anymore, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Why is that a good thing and a bad thing? Oh, because I have so much more time to hang out with my friends in real life and do school and be a responsible adult. Do you know what a PC bang is, and is there anything similar to it here? A PC what? A PC bang? I do not. Um, I do not. You don't? So, I'll tell you what it is, and then you tell me if there's anything like related here, because they're very huge in South Korea. And they're essentially just like cafes or places where people go and mm -hmm. they game together, but yeah. like, you know, computer next to computer, device oh, okay. next to device, yeah. Xbox next to Xbox. Yeah. And they're called like PC banks. Okay. So is there anything like that, like similar here? Yeah, I'm really gonna I'm really gonna flex my my nerdiness here <laughs> but there's actually a thing that's I don't know if it's as popular now, but it's called LAN, L-A-N, and it's when you get together and you play video games um, in, in like a room or in, in the same place mm -hmm. as compared to being online. So there was a place, um, back when I was really young, yeah, I think the US does have them. Um, it's called Howie's Game Shack, and it was a place that we would go for like eight-year-old birthday parties and all play video games together. So 
As far as like even cafes, I'm not sure, but we do have in the U.S. As far as I'm concerned, uh, like video game hangout places where you can all play the same game. Do you have any advice for people who want to start gaming? I think my biggest advice is, is just have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. Um, even if you're playing at a competitive level, I think I don't know. I've seen a lot of people get hurt online from people saying mean things, mm -hmm. and that's not cool. You can be competitive, but don't be rude. And yeah, I think game your heart out because it's fun. I don't know. In high school, when I was when I was little, I was like an escape from school and stuff like that. So I think for little kids, I think it's often taboo because parents are like, "I don't want my kids to be on their screens for twelve hours." Yeah. Um, and I agree with that. Twelve hours is a long time, but I think. Video games aren't all bad. I think that's one of the coolest things about games. I'm Allie. Hey, I'm Minky. We have a third member of our team, Camille, but she is unfortunately sick today and doesn't really have a voice. So we're just going to go ahead and start without her to kind of discuss what we found in this episode and, and what we've learned and what is super cool about what we're talking about. I mean, I know that we chose this topic based on experience in gaming, and I know for myself, I don't really have any experience. I know you do, Minky. You want yeah, to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, so uh, currently I'm majoring in communications and I'm also minoring in games in, in the University of Utah, which, pro which provides me quality resources, lectures on it, and it's just like talking and writing a bunch about games. So I just wanted to share you guys about like what I know about games, my experience, and also from South Korea where a gaming culture is a very huge thing compared, uh, compared to the United States. So I, I was thinking I might give more decent detailed inf information on what gaming is. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and I remember that when we were kind of toying with ideas of what to talk about, this idea of gaming really stood out to you. Yeah, true, because uh, I have been playing games since like as far as I can remember. My first experience, like, is past my like first first grade of my elementary, and I also my father is also a big fan of games, so I'm kind of used to playing games when I was young. So, yeah, I'll, I'm happy to share my experience with you guys today. Plus, I also had an interview with my hometown friend, so it will be a great time sharing it. Games are everywhere. It is hard to mention today's culture without addressing it once. Today, I talked to a few people I know who enjoy playing games in their free time and want to listen more about how they feel about the gaming culture. We have AJ Dimmick, the director of the eSports varsity team at the University of Utah. I'm a graduate of the EAE program and went to school here, and so I, I like to pride myself that I play all types of games, and, and any game that is that is kind of uh, popular in the zeitgeist that I don't let that I don't let that pass by so that I can talk about all things and everything and, and have opinions about everything. And I also have my friend from my hometown in Korea, Ho Jun Liu, who's also very interested in playing games. I think I only play multiplayer games that I can play with my friends. I don't think I'm into single player games though, only limited to games like League, PUBG, or StarCraft. The only times I play alone is the times when I want to get better on it or to have more fun with the friends that I play with. As technology advanced, games have become very close to the public. 
by having their accessibility and quality improve at a significant level. The video graphics, display monitors, sound devices, and more correlate to provide an efficient and comfortable gaming environment. And it's also not an exaggeration to say that enhancement of these technologies is for the game's sake. Different producers of video games compete fiercely to gain public attention, and the quality has been skyrocketing since video games were first introduced to us. So from this, why are people and developers so interested in creating and playing the content? To answer this, we must go back to where the history of video games started. It was a time when people started to have personal televisions in their homes, and it was only used as a passive way of information delivery. It received signals from the broadcasting studios just to play the image they were meant to. However, the introduction of consoles changed the concept completely, where users can actively insert signals and interact with the creator of the contents by just pressing buttons of joystick controllers. Active experience always brings people more fun and provides stronger memory on it. And plus, being able to play with your friends or from anonymous people online added more social features, and sharing experience made people more into the genre. This active form of the experience satisfied the needs of the consumers, drawing tre tremendous attention recently. When I was a kid, and I'm, I'm in your scale, in your terms, and the students here, I am really old. Um, my parents bought our first computer when I was six years old, and it was state-of-the-art. It could do 16 whole colors on, on the screen at the same time, and it came with a game, and that game was called King's Quest, and it was a text uh, adventure game, and I was instantaneously hooked by the notion of, of immersion in games and being able to exist in a world, uh, and that that interaction of solving puzzles and, and solving a problem while being immersed in a story was became the thing that was kind of my favorite activity that would ever be. I used to play games not only to have fun, but also play them when I want to forget something in real life. Like very hard moments, bad memories, or overwhelming workload, homework, all the things that stress me out. And when I play games, it feels like uh, it's just not there. Like I don't remember it, I don't think about it, and it makes you feel better sometimes. Of course, I won't be going over many hours away from it, but playing games actually helps me feel sometimes to drift away from the real world. Uh, games being about escapism. And I think when I was a kid, those were closer to truer than they are now. They were about escapism, and they were about immersion, and they were about kind of, you know, uh, being able to be in a different world. I think now that's kind of dramatically different. And I think games are not how you escape, they're how you connect. And so I, I think it's much more the, the prevalent thing now of it's how a community experiences the same thing, has some things in common, talks to each other, uh, have shared experiences, even without having to be in the same room together and things. And so I think it's kind of flipped on its head now in that, that games, as opposed to like being how we got away from each other, is how we get with each other and kind of connect and, and how, how uh, gamers connect to their peers. Another factor that might have influenced the success of games is the feeling of accomplishment. It usually comes from a hard physical work or intense level of study or a complex effort to achieve a social status. Acknowledgement of the others for what you do is also an important role in creating the emotion. The game 
provides all these prerequisites very easily compared to what people have been doing in the past. They just have to sit down, repeatedly play the fun content, and at some point you clear or achieve something in the game world. This handy source of accomplishment is an addictive source for people, which drags people more into the content. And this is an exact explanation of me getting re really into the games too. Watching the fancy graphics when certain achievements are locked, or having the exact number of my performance is something that I can't experience in the real world. I mean, you don't get like a firework blasting inside your office as you're told you get a promotion. We talk about positive flow and negative flow in games and in game development and in that when you're trying to solve a problem in a game and what the effect of a fail state is, you lose. And then you, you keep losing the game and you're like, how could I possibly solve this? And there's no way there's no way I can get past this part. And that's a negative flow. It's fr negative frustration that you, you can't do it. But if you, you can see how to do it and it's mastery of a skill, you're like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. I haven't executed that properly yet. And that's positive flow. And that is, I mean, those are endorphins. That's positive feedback. And yes, that can be, that can have addictive things. And so, absolutely. I used to be strongly addicted to games. However, I am not like that right now. But when in my middle or high school years, I skipped lunch playing games, skipped dinner playing games. Like there were a lot of worries from my parents, but figured out that games were very addictive. Yes, they are very addictive. The younger people, the younger generation of society are so much more vulnerable to that. And I find that many game addicts around my peers in my hometown. Well, all things are addictive. If you are a baseball player and you stay in a batting cage for eight hours a day, every day a week, you are doing it for too long than you ought to be. And it is doing that at the cost of what you should be doing. If you are a basketball player and you are shooting free throws for eight hours a day, and every single day, that is too much. And so I think we are adding a... These are questions we ask about games that we seem to not ask about other things. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you're playing video games for 40 hours a week, you're playing all night and you didn't get any sleep, that's bad. That's not good. But it's not like any other activity that you would do it. Moderation in all things is important. But I think way too often we are imposing this conversation, especially to games, when it can apply to all sorts of aspects of healthy living. It's also part of the conversation about people have of serious games versus games for fun, about about this game teaches you something. And I, I kind of balked that argument because every game, no matter what it is, is teaching you something. It's up to the player to derive if it's teaching you something of value to you, but it is always teaching you a system. And to succeed at it is always a mastery of that system. It is, by definition, teaching you. And if the game is designed well, it is teaching you that system at an introductory level to increasing levels of difficulty until a penultimate of the final level where it is absolute mastery of that skill level. And absolutely, by definition, mastery of those things always feels good to the player. And yeah, that can be addictive. By making the game social, the competitive aspect has been naturally added to gaming culture. Since it's multiplayer and experience of sharing made players to compare each other. Besides gaining accomplishment from the content itself, playing better, faster, easier, more fun has been always been important to the community. Now, there is an online community for every game out there on Reddit, blogs, 
And also, it's a huge thing on YouTube too. Gaming videos just get so much views uploaded from people who share their experience for, and there are also people who share their gaming experience for a living too, like PewDiePie or Ninja. They're called streamers, and I'm not sure if every one of you heard about it. But it has become a dominating category in individual media. I usually share my gaming experience with my friends too. When I have a super awesome gameplay or things that I've achieved inside a game, I just want to boast off to my friends because learning how to play a game and getting better and watching myself getting better through the gaming records is such a fun thing to do. And it gives me the feeling of accomplishment that is so easy to achieve. And in the younger people's, it's about connectivity. And during the pandemic, it became one of our only methodologies for connectivity where the way to hang out to your friends was in your Discord server with on your games and, and playing and participating in those things. And that became, it's interesting that there was so much, as, as much negativity there is around games, boy, they were, they were kind of the life draft to us in those times about things that we could do together and activities and recreation and ways to not be bored um, and ways to be, you know, idle with our minds. And I, oh, I'm so, meaning yeah. to ask you, Minky, like what's your favorite game? Oh, my favorite game is the... Uh, I would say my favorite game was Overwatch. That was released Overwatch. by the Blizzard Activision. It's so sad because the Overwatch Series 1 just ended like on Monday. So it's not having a service again. But they're coming back with Overwatch 2. But yeah, that was, I, I, I should say that was the favorite game I've play, ever played. Thanks for listening to our first episode in our culture series. It was so fun to record, and just for the record, my favorite game, if I had to pick one, is probably The Sims. We're so glad you were able to tune in and hopefully learn a little bit. 